The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Of course, in a moment, I'll be taking your calls 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial. You're welcome to raise any issue you may want on the agenda on the WhatsApp line 0614-104-107. I see some of you have already started uh, texting in, particularly about the books that you are reading or enjoying right now. I see some people also really appreciating audiobooks. So yeah, would love to hear more from you about that. Our thinking point today, we're looking at small-scale fishers uh, um, that small-scale fishers that are challenging new fishing rights processes. It follows the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment announcing a new process when it comes to the rights allocation for small-scale fisheries, that is. Uh, Last month, the Western Cape High Court set aside what it determined as a wholly inadequate process that was followed between 2016 and 2019. Let me welcome onto the show Pedro Garcia, who is with the South African United Fishing Front. Uh, Pedro, good evening. I mean, good morning, rather. <laughs> <laughs> morning, Kathy, and good morning to your listeners, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Sure, thank you so much for having us. Um, also on the line is Abongile Ngongwana, who is the Acting Chief Director, Marine Resource Management in the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment. Abongile, good morning. Um, good morning to your listeners and good morning to Mr. Garcia. All right. Pedro, let me kick it off with you so that you can give us a bit of context here. What is the problem that you have been experiencing as small scale, um, as those who are in the small scale fishing industry? Cathy, uh, uh, let me start by saying good morning to Abum Gile so that he doesn't accuse me of not uh, following protocol. <laughs> Cathy, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I want to say first and foremost that um, the majority of fishing communities and fishing organizations had supported the, the court action which had led to the setting aside of the registration processes between 2016 and 2019. Um, and the reason they had done that was because everybody saw that the processes were flawed and that we were putting the wrong people um, or making beneficiaries out of the wrong people and true beneficiaries were being left out of the system. Now, um, there, there is, however, only one uh, issue which we are vehemently opposed to, and that is the fact that the, the court order now says that only the original 8,500 people who applied uh, during 2016 to 2019 may now reapply. We find that a bit disingenuous because um, over the over the past six years, many would have qualified. Uh, besides that, there are also there's also the fact that many. I, I'm sorry, is your line as bad as mine? No, uh, Pedro, we are getting a d- disturbance on your line, but we can still hear you quite clearly. All right. Okay. Then, of course, there's also the the issue that many of the small scale fishers who are active in the commercial sector had also lost their their source of income because of the fishing rights allocation process, the commercial one. 
Many of them were involved as crew members on line fish vessels, on tuna pole vessels, and they're not the commercial rights holders. These were crew members. But because the rights were not renewed for that commercial sectors, these people had also lost uh, their, their, uh, their employment. Now we are very concerned about that. Then there's also the issue around the fact that many of um, the application forms have not reached the department. Uh, there was a number of issues uh, that have prompted uh, the court um, to, to rule uh, that the process be set aside. What we are saying is if the process is reopened to everybody, we understand there's concerns that everybody is going to uh, try and get on board. But if the process is changed as per the court order and everybody is involved in it, then there's a good chance that the criteria that, be, that will be set will automatically exclude anybody who tries and get into the system but who is not dependent or has, who has no historical uh, uh, connection to the fishing industry. And then just finally, uh, I also want to say this, Cathy. We mustn't ignore the elephant in the room. Because as much as what we are dealing with the small-scale fisheries now, whether we are successful or not in getting the proper people on board, there is simply not enough resources available that's going to create anything that's going to make economic sense for our people. We have to look at uh, reviewing the Marine Living Resources Act. We have to look at taking away from the big companies who still sit with more than 80% of the commercially viable resources, uh, marine resources in our country. There has been no form of justice as far as the allocation of these rights are concerned. And unless we can get of those rights right. and, and have that case cascaded down to the small-scale fisheries, mm. whatever we do now is not going to make any economic sense at all. So we're just leading our people further into poverty. Uh, Pedro, let me ask you to pause there. He's with the South African United Fishing Front. We'll hear from the department after the latest 9.30 news headlines. And Musa is standing by. All right, we continue with the talking point here, and in particular, our thinking point for this morning, which is looking at some of the challenges within the fishing community, uh, particularly when it comes to the processes of being able to be given um, the right approvals to do work in the sector. Abongile Ngongwana is the acting chief director in the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment. Abongile, you heard from Pedro there in terms of the issues that they are raising. At this point, are you considering open opening this um, process up to everybody that may qualify? Thanks, Kathy. Yes, uh, maybe just to give a bit of a context. Um, so the process in itself um, started uh, in 2019. And as Petra has indicated, um, there were concerns that out of the 8,500 people who participated uh, by then, um, there were 2,800 people that were successful. So that meant that majority of the people were not successful. And when the minister received um, a number of complaints in communities, it was all about how certain people who participated in the process um, were made uh, unsuccessful. And those who 
um, should be unsuccessful or made successful, basically people being made uh, small-scale fishers. And that's why the department had to do an audit process. And out of that process, indeed, there were gaps that were identified. Uh, one of them was that there was no consistency in um, reviewing the applications that would have been submitted by individuals from that 8,500 and also a number of um, gaps that were uh, indicated. That's when the minister um, approached the, the High Court requesting for the, the applications that were submitted and the process and the decisions uh, to be set aside. And that's why we are here today. And in doing so, we did understand um, the fact that if you look at the small-scale fisheries process, it's a broad process. The recognition of small-scale fishers is just one process out of the many processes of ensuring that rights are allocated to communities. And um, also what Petro is indicating that uh, there are people who left out in the commercial fishing rights allocation process, which is different from the process that we are talking about now. The small-scale fisheries sector in its process uh, does have mechanisms to accommodate people who are not necessarily declared as small-scale fishers. And we are of the view that um, the legislation in itself um, is able to accommodate everyone who should be, um, be able to participate in the small-scale fishing sector, whether they are declared small-scale fishers or not. But at this point in time, the focus is on those who participated in 2016, because if you look at the uh, the court order, it indicates that those applications are remitted to the department, which means that um, the department will need to relook at the process of um, assessing the verification forms and also the decisions. Obviously, we would be um, guided by the outcomes of the uh, audit process that we had um, last year. The issue of exclusion that Pedro is raising and um, how some of those who could well qualify um, to be classified as small-scale farmers could well be excluded from the process. How are you going to deal with that? All right. Um, if you look at an example of um, one of the provinces that have already done this process, which is the Northern Cape, uh, we have small-scale fishers in Port Nolot and Hondeklipai. In those um, areas, the small-scale fishing cooperatives, when they apply for fishing rights, then they also have an additional list of members who are going to operate uh, under those fishing rights. Those people, you might find out that it's people who do not meet the criteria as yet and that maybe in a few years time or few months time they will meet the criteria so it allows for the community to have additional members who will be operating under those uh, particular fishing rights that is what is going to happen in the western cape as well out of the 8500 who will be participating at the end of the day we will have a uh, small scale fishing cooperatives pair community and when they apply for fishing rights they will have an additional list of people whom they think that those people should be operating or fishing under those rights of that particular community which means that if in 2017 you met the criteria or you had your full 10 years of fishing experience as required by the criteria then the cooperative of that community will unilaterally decide that this is the person that we want to add to be part 
of uh, our operations using our fishing rights. So that is the methodology that uh, we are using. And it's also outlined in the regulations relating to small scale fishing. So in essence, at the end of the day, we are promoting that all those who are traditional fishers should be able to fish and they should be able to participate in the value chain of um, uh, the ocean's economy. And hence the legislation is crafted in that particular manner. However, this particular process that we're following now is addressing the challenges or the gaps that were identified in the previous process, understanding that fishing communities are dynamic. Uh, every day you have people who will meet the criteria and hence we cannot do the process on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. At some point we have to establish um, the structure, then out of that we co-manage the uh, sector in itself in ensuring that the communities are the ones who are saying, out of these people who have been declared, we want to add these people because of this particular reason so that they can be able to participate. Pedro, does that deal with your concerns? Hello, Pedro. Hello. Hi. I was asking, does that deal with your concerns, what Abongile has highlighted now? No, it, it does not, Cathy. It, it's, it certainly does not deal with the concerns. Um, the bottom line is that uh, even if, and we do understand the processes, but it comes back to the elephant in the room. It's going to create further division because the cooperatives, based on what is allocated to them, if what is allocated to them does not make economic sense, how would you then expect the cooperative to bring people on board who never qualified during the registration process? So as much as the process is being opened through the cooperative system, it will not it will create further division in the communities because it will the, the cooperative directorship and the cooperative members will find it difficult to, to get more people on board when they don't have sufficient resources. So this is a much broader conversation that has to take place. But be that as it may, the bottom line is that this process has been set aside by the courts and it should be restarted the way it had originally taken place, an open public process. It's going to be a bit of uh, a more PT for, for DFFE, but that is PT that they should be willing to accept and do the process properly, ensure that your, your criteria, your requirements are set out clearly so that it, it actually uh, prevents people from unnecessarily uh, uh, accessing the system if they know that they are not going to qualify. But to, to, to make a blanket decision that says only the 8,500, that makes no sense at all. We are dealing with the same problem, with the same people, hoping for a different outcome, mm. which we are not going to get. Abongile, are you going to be engaging with organizations like the United Fishing Front so that you're able to reach some kind of consensus that at least makes them feel that their concerns have also been heard and accommodated? Most definitely. Uh, fortunately, we, we engage very well with um, community-based organizations. And this conversation, uh, we've had it um, as far back as in on the 24th of May, uh, 2021, when uh, we had to share the, 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 the affidavit of the minister 
when um, she was requesting for this process to be set aside. And throughout that process, uh, we were also hoping that um, uh, organizations would also join in the process, the, the legal process that is, and we had to make sure by that time that um, we, we share the information as much as possible in fishing communities. And uh, we will definitely be engaging with the, with the organizations. We've already set a number of meetings in this regard to provide clarity to this matter as much as possible, and also to hear the concerns and note them. So okay. most definitely we will be engaging. All right, Abongile Ngongwana, uh, he is the Acting Chief Director in the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment. You also heard from Pedro Garcia, who is with the South African United Fishing Front.